Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Steadfast Sermon Series, which looks at some of the different areas in our lives where we are called to be steadfast. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Find your place in Philippians chapter number 2. John 13 and Philippians chapter number 2. And as we get started tonight, I've told the story before of a governor. Uh, there was a governor of a state that was running uh, hard in a, in a uh, second term race, trying to get that second term in office. And one day the story's told, I believe a true story, that after a, uh, a busy morning of kind of going out and campaigning and doing all of that, uh, he found himself going to a, a church. And uh, wouldn't you know, it was a church barbecue. And he goes there to this church barbecue and church potluck, this governor does, and of course, he's trying to make an appearance, and he goes, and uh, he gets gets in line to be served at this barbecue, and as he's in line and going through the line, he comes to, uh, comes to the lady who's serving chicken, and uh, he holds out his plate, and she puts on his plate, she puts one piece of chicken, and of course, he's tired, he's had a long day, uh, he just looks at her, he says, excuse me, ma'am, um, could I get a second piece of chicken? And she looked at him. She said, no, sir, I'm sorry, just one piece of chicken per person. That's what we're doing today. And uh, he's kind of taken back by that. Of course, he's super hungry. And he looks at her. He says, ma'am, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but do you, uh, do you know how hungry I am? She said, sir, I'm sorry if you're hungry, but only one piece of chicken. By this, he's kind of kind of irritated and And he looks at her and he says, ma'am, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of this state. I'm running for a second term. And he begins to recount to her his day. And she looks at him and she says, sir, do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. One piece per person. Please move along. And I don't know if you've ever been there not serving chicken to a governor, but if you've ever been there with the mindset of that governor, you will realize how often and how easy it is to have the mindset that that governor had, which is what we were going to call the master mentality. The master mentality, somebody who has the mindset of, hey, don't you know who I am? You should serve me. The truth is that often, uh, oftentimes every one of us can deal with a complex that says we deserve better treatment than what we're being given, and we deserve for people to serve us more or appreciate us more or invest in us more. And the truth is that that was not the mentality that Jesus had. And that's what we're going to look at tonight, because if you think about it, what was the mentality of Jesus? There's a great place that shows us this. It's Philippians chapter number two. And so you have your Bible, turn there, Philippians chapter two. And verse number five, we're gonna read down through verse number eight of Philippians two. And here's what the word of God says. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death 
of the cross. If you were to go back to the very first part of those verses, you would, write, you would read these words, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. All right, what was the mind of Christ? You skip down a couple of verses. It says, he made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of man and became obedient and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You know what? If I'm supposed to have the mentality of Christ, then the truth is that every single one of us who claim the name of Jesus, we should have the mentality of a servant. And so the next question would be, all right, well, what is the mentality of a servant? Or what kind of servant was Jesus? How did Jesus serve? And I'm glad you bring that up because we're going to read about it tonight. And so take your Bible and go over to John 13. John 13. And we're going to read this whole passage. And uh, I think it'll be a blessing. It's 17 verses I want to read. But you follow along on the screen or in your Bible right there as I read. And uh, we're going to go back and learn a number of truths I think will be a help to us tonight as we learn about the mentality of Christ. John 13, beginning in verse number one, we read this. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, this would be the night before the night Jesus is betrayed. It says, the, he knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things, uh, had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper. Jesus did this and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord. Dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is Wash needeth not to save, save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, Ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that sent greater than he that sent him. Verse 17, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. When we come to this portion of scripture, John chapter 13, again, this is going to be the night that Jesus would be betrayed. And we know that Jesus would be taken and he would go to really some uh, fake trials before Caiaphas and Annas and then uh, to Pontius Pilate. And, and of course, we know the story of everything that took place that night. But 
What I want to focus in upon tonight is not what took place after this event. I want to actually focus on what took place at this event. John chapter 13, Jesus is coming. He's having a last meal with the disciples. And following that meal, this, this would not be the, uh, um, the Lord's table that he would institute. This would be an actual meal that they had together. Following that meal we find that Jesus does something very peculiar for the Son of God to do. He rises up from dinner and he begins to serve his disciples. How does he serve them? He serves them by washing their feet. And tonight we're going to look at this Christ mentality about serving. And then we'll be challenged to be steadfast in our service. And so I want to start with a word of prayer with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Why don't you take just a minute and... um, Right there where you are, just quiet the moment down. Ask the Lord to capture your attention tonight. And let's ask the Lord to speak to us tonight from his word and speak to each one of us individually as he desires tonight. Dear Lord, we come before you and we again just thank you for the opportunity that we have to to come and to be in your house and, uh, well, watching what's taking place at your house and uh, live streaming the service tonight. I'm thankful that we can gather together uh, online around your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as we get into the word of God. Father, I know this, uh, this passage and this message really has been a challenge to me for years And Lord, I pray that you would use it to challenge our hearts tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're going to teach us. And we pray that you'd help every single person who's watching to be encouraged, be challenged by your word, and to be helped tonight. And uh, I love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you are coming to, uh, if you've been coming to Moses Lake Baptist Church for any length of time, uh, then this is a familiar portion of Scripture. John 13, we've been there a lot of places. I've preached this passage before. Uh, I've given actually a, a leadership challenge to many of our teachers and different things on this passage and this specific topic. But when you look at this passage in John 13, it is a great place to come and understand some truths about how Jesus served the disciples. It would really, it's no secret to us when you go and you study the life of Christ that Jesus, the Bible tells us he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He came not to be served, but to serve others. And so that mentality of service ought to follow every Christian, everyone who claims the name of Jesus Christ. Man, if we're going to follow in his example, then we're going to have a desire to serve. Well, what did his service look like? How did Jesus serve and how should we serve? I want you to see, first of all, tonight that Jesus, he served out of love. Jesus served out of love. The passage opens up, the Bible tells us, and the Word of God says in John 13, verse number 1, that the meal had come to an end, and that Jesus knew his time, his departure was at hand. And notice what it says. It says this, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Jesus is facing death. He knows that his time on this earth is very short, and yet we see him still rising from dinner to wash the disciples' feet. Well, why did he do that? I think one of the reasons is right there, because he loved them until the end. 
Jesus loved his disciples. He loved ministering with them. He loved being involved in their lives. He loved having an intricate part and them having an intricate part in his ministry and day-to-day life. Jesus loved them just like he loves you and I. And the truth is that that love really is what drove Jesus to the cross. That love is what drove every motivation or every action that Jesus had. Love was the motive behind it. And I'm reminded tonight that you and I should also have the motive of love behind everything we do. Why should I, why should I desire to serve those around me? Well, because of love. Number one, I love the Lord, but number two, I ought to love people. You think about how strong love is. The Word of God says this in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, now abideth faith, hope, charity, or love, and these three, but the greatest of these is charity. I've often said this, that when you and I get to heaven, faith will be made sight. We don't need faith anymore when we get to heaven. Why? We'll be staring Jesus face to face. Man, I'm looking forward to that. Aren't you looking forward to the day of seeing the Lord? And uh, faith will be gone. Hope will be gone. That, uh, that expectancy of knowing I'm going to see him someday, that'll be gone. Why? Because I'll have seen him. But charity, man, charity lasts forever. Love will endure. In heaven, we're still going to love the Lord, and we'll love him in even a greater way. But the Bible tells us that we can only love him because he first loved us. And we see that love displayed to the disciples. And the fact I want us to see tonight is a Christ-like service is going to be out of a heart of love. He loved them to the end. And loving the Lord and loving people. I see, first of all, tonight that Jesus served out of love. I want you to notice, secondly, that Jesus served in spite of his circumstances. He served in spite of his circumstances. Verse number two, it says, Supper now being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Verse number two tells us, of course, John is writing this. John would be, many believe, uh, the youngest of the apostles, those disciples and followers that traveled with Jesus. And so he's recounting for us what was kind of taking place behind the scenes. He said, hey, dinner was ended, and by now the devil had gone into Judas to betray Jesus. But you know what? While John writes about it, on that night, Jesus knew it. Jesus knew that he was sitting across from the man. Of course, you can go to different places, Matthew 26 and, and the book of Mark and also the, the, the book of Luke. Uh, and you can, you can discover all of the uh, other apostles and then Mark influenced by Peter to write down what took place that night. And while they looked back and wrote about it, Jesus was living it and he knew. He knew that Judas was about to betray him. He knew that he was dipping in the same cup with the man that would uh, cost him his physical life. He was really facing some horrific circumstances. He was being done wrong, and he knew that, and yet knowing that, he still served. I think about a lot of people who, they, they don't serve because of circumstances, and circumstances often can be a big excuse of, well, you know, I, I can't serve because, and we come up with a number of, of excuses. And sometimes, if you think about it, some of our excuses, if I can say it, I know my excuses, they can be really lame. <laughs> can be really some things that, you know what, I, I know I should be serving in the home, but I'm the dad. I don't need to be taking out the trash. 
I'm the dad. I don't need to. And man, you know what? Those are some lame excuses. And I'm thankful that Jesus on this night, as we look again, we could go to a number of portions, number of places of scripture and see him giving us examples of service. But on this night, we see that he served in spite of circumstances. The truth is that the circumstances on that night, they were not good for Jesus, and he could have excused himself from serving, and yet he didn't. You and I will never have perfect circumstances to serve. We will never have enough time. We'll never have enough energy, never have perfect health or enough money or knowledge or experience. We will uh, never have maybe that right moment to get involved. We will we never have the perfect circumstances, but I believe that Jesus sets for us a great example. He didn't have perfect circumstances, but he served in spite of his circumstances. I think about the heart of Paul in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 14 when he said this, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Man, Paul just had that spirit I'm just moving forward for the Lord. I think that could be a little bit of a spirit that we can have when it comes to serving. God, I'm just going to serve in spite of my circumstances. Um, you think about our situation right now and, uh, and the corona and, and being uh, many, many housebound and, and out of work maybe or, or uh, facing some challenges financially or whatever. And this is a great time. And we'll talk about it at the end of the message. It's a great time to find some practical ways to serve other people. You say, well, pastor, I can't be at church. I'm not there. Well, you're right. There's, there's nobody here. Uh, there's just myself and a couple staff guys and one of the kids. You know, We're just here doing the service. None of us are here uh, doing a big, big service tonight. But there's ways this week that you and I can serve in spite of circumstances. You might be able to uh, serve by sending a, a coffee to somebody. Maybe it's, maybe it's a coworker. You might bring them a coffee this week. Or maybe, uh, maybe it's just a card of thanks that you might send up to the hospital or to our first responders. I don't know how we can serve, but the truth is that every single one of us need to, need to see that we can serve in spite of our circumstances. Jesus, he served out of love. He served in spite of his circumstances. I want you to see also he served in spite of his rank. Jesus served in spite of his rank. You know this, that Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he was the son of God. He knew that he deserved better treatment than he was being given. He knew that every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus. He knew that. But while he knew all of that, he still served. When you and I begin thinking more of ourselves than we really ought to, we find ourselves easily not serving. Well, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I, we have that governor's mentality. You should be serving me. And Jesus never had that mentality. We know that from his entire life. He served in spite of his rank. I think of that verse we started a few moments ago, Philippians 2.8, being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This is ta- we, we're talking about God in the flesh, the one who created mankind, and yet now he's serving mankind. 
He served in spite of his rank. And I'm thinking today about the story of the little boy. He's coming out of uh, his kindergarten class outside of school. And as he comes out of school, there's a a police officer just getting done with a little car accident right there in the front. And, And that little boy, he looks at that police officer and looks at everything taking place. And that officer is kind of putting some things away, standing in his car and And that little boy, unbeknownst to the teacher, he kind of walks right over to that police officer. And right when he gets to the police officer, I mean, you'd think that he's going to say, oh, are you a police officer? Can I see your gun? Can I see your badge? He just looks down at that, or looks up at that police officer and looks down at his shoe and says, mister, would you please tie my shoe? And you know what that police officer does? He gets down and he ties that little boy's shoe. And what a, what a great picture of somebody with authority and somebody who could have said, I don't have time for this. I'm taking care, of a, taking care of a car. I'm just getting done. I've got reports to ride. And yet we find this man, having that, that police officer, having the mentality of a servant. I'm going to get down and serve. And I, I think, man, even in, in an even greater way is the service that Jesus gave towards his disciples on this night. He served. He served them in spite of his rank. But I want you to notice, number four, that Jesus... He served in spite of the rank of others. Now, this kind of really goes along with this last thought, but notice number, verse number four of our passage in John 13. Verse four says this, He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. Verse three, he knew that the Father had given all things into his hands. He knew who he was. Verse four, he knew who he was serving. He served in spite of the rank of others. I want to ask you if if people were to if people were to kind of define you. You know, they were they were to say some things about you and who you are. What would you want them to say? I don't know about you, but I'd I'd perhaps I'd want someone to say, "Well, he's nice, you know. Uh, Of course, he loves the Lord." Some people say he's kind to me. And people say maybe he's, maybe he's funny. Maybe he's really good looking. I don't know. Uh, my wife will say that. But you know what? We, we could probably go through and have a lot of things that we could want people to say about us. I don't think any of us would sign up for this. He is an ignorant and unlearned fisherman. <laughs> he's an ignorant and unlearned fisherman. I know many of you remember Don and Quinn. I used to joke with Quinn about that, and I joke with that statement. Brother Sam Stewart and I would joke about that man. That he'd say, "Well, Pastor, you just look at the disciples. They're just ignorant and unlearned fishermen." Uh, you know what? I just I don't know if I know anybody that would want that to be their description. And yet, that's what the Bible tells us about all of these disciples. And of course, you have some who weren't ignorant and unlearned fishermen. They were uh, very uh, um, well off, but they were not liked. I think of Levi, Matthew, the tax collector. Uh, You could go down the line to all of the disciples, and we would understand this. Jesus' rank was way above them. And yet, Jesus still served them in spite of their rank and in spite of who they were. I just want to stop and say real quick tonight, it's just on my mind, aren't you thankful that the Lord loves you in spite of who you are? Man, I'm so thankful tonight that God loves me and cares for me and wanted to serve me on the cross in spite of who I am. I'm so, honestly, I'm just humbled that in spite of me, Jesus would still want to work in my life. 
and serving. That's what Jesus did in these disciples' lives. He served in spite of who they were and their rank. I think Paul kind of had the mentality of Jesus. It was Paul who said this in 1 Corinthians 9, 22, to the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Man, Paul had that mentality, hey, I'm just gonna lower myself to the weak. I'll become weak that I might gain the weak. And again, the context of all of this and what Jesus was saying and the, or what Paul was saying uh, coincides with the writings there in Corinthians. But man, I'm thankful for many disciples and many followers of Jesus that have come along that said, I want the mentality of serving others in spite of who I'm serving. And uh, man, I'm, I hope tonight that we would have the mindset that says I'm gonna serve in spite of the rank of others. I see tonight, number five, that Jesus served in spite of the task. He served in spite of the task. Notice verse number five. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wash, wash, wipe them, excuse me, to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't have this uh, inclination just walking around like, hey, could I wash your feet? Hey, could I, uh, hey, take your shoes off real quick. Let me wash your feet. I've said it before in church, even, even preaching this passage before for other reasons uh, or, or similar thoughts. Uh, I don't like feet. Um, I, I just, I'm not a feet person. I just, oh, I just don't like feet. I don't like my own feet. You know, I, I, I wear socks around the house and I'm just not a foot person. So the, to me, the thought of washing someone's feet, um, that's just disgusting. And even more so back then, like they walked around in sandals. That's why they would wash feet. It was actually customary that when you entered someone's house, the lowest servant would be given the job of washing feet. That's how low they saw it because of the filth that it's seen as having the dirt and the grime and the filth of the world on you. And when you look at that, I would not want to be the person washing feet. And yet, what do we see Jesus doing? We see him washing the disciples' feet. We see him humbling himself and doing something that probably somebody else should have done, but didn't do. We'll see that in a second. And sometimes you and I, when we serve, we may end up doing some things that we don't necessarily like to do. But if we're serving with a love for Christ and a heart for Christ, man, God will bless that service, serving in spite of the task. You know, Jesus served all the way to the cross. Luke twenty two forty two. it says that Jesus said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Man, Jesus, he served in spite of the task. Notice number six, if you will, that Jesus, he served even when others didn't serve. He served even when others didn't serve. <clears throat> When you look at verse number six, notice what it says. It says, then cometh he to Simon Peter. Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Peter even understood. This is beneath you. But aren't you thankful that Jesus, he treated everybody as if they were the most important person in the room. He had this mentality of treating them, that they know, knowing their rank and knowing his rank and still serving. But he also served even when other people didn't serve. Peter saying, Lord, why are you doing this? Someone else should be doing this. Why, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Are you going to do this? 
And yet we find Jesus still kneeling, still kneeling down and washing his feet. Jesus served faithfully and diligently when other people didn't. Jesus uh, desired to uh, not give an excuse when others gave an excuse. And we don't know what their excuse was. We don't know why maybe one of the disciples didn't think of this, but they didn't think of it. But we find Jesus thinking of an ex- and not using an excuse and still, still serving. Can I tell you that the excuse of, well, someone else should do that, ought never to be our excuse. That ought never to be our excuse of why we don't serve other people around us. Uh, we should never use someone else's slothfulness as our excuse. Well, they should be doing it. If I'm thinking about it, then maybe I should be doing it. Maybe God put it on my heart. Well, somebody should do it. Well, that somebody might just be me. You know what? When, we, when we're serving, when even other people don't, I'm reminded of a great verse, Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not again. The context of Galatians 6 teaching uh, so much there about staying faithful until heaven and all of that. But I think this is just a great verse to help us understand that if I know I'm supposed to be doing this, I know I'm supposed to be serving, don't get weary in that well-doing. Know that God's going to bless it. Serving even when others did not serve. I see also verse 7 through 9 that Jesus, he served even in opposition. What do we find taking place in verses 7 through 9? We read it a moment ago. Uh, Peter opposed him. Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus said, yeah, I'm going to wash your feet. No, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And and Peter kind of pushes back from that. And Jesus says, hey, if I'm not going to wash your feet, then you have no part of me. And then Peter says, Lord, I'm all in. Not my feet, but my head only. Lord, wash me head to toe. And when you look at this, we find Peter kind of scorning the Lord for, for doing this service. And yet he's the one who didn't serve and yet in the opposition, in that, that uh, controversy of Peter kind of standing against him, what do we see Jesus doing? Jesus, hey, if you don't want me to wash your feet, you have no part of me. Peter, I've got to do that. I'm showing you something. Verse number, um, verse number eight, actually, Peter tells him that. It says, thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I wash thee not, uh, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Uh, verse number, um, oh, let's go to, let's just keep reading. Verse number 10, Jesus saith unto him, oh, that's where it is. He that, uh, that is washed needeth not to save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all, knowing that Judas would, de- would betray him. Verse 12. After he had washed their feet, taken his garment, and set it down, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. So Jesus is telling them, Hey, I'm doing this. And the verse I was looking for is back in verse number, um, I don't even know where it is right now. It just tells us that Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm doing this, and you'll know why I'm doing this here. You'll know in just a few minutes. I'm going to teach you something. And this is what Peter was opposing, saying, No, Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. But Jesus is saying, No, I'm going to wash you because, Peter... I'm trying to show you an example. We'll see that in just a second. But Jesus, he served in, in spite of that opposition. Don't you notice also that Jesus, this thought, he served to set an example. He served to set an example. Verse number 15, what does he say? He says, for I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Now, was Jesus saying to them, okay, you need to go out and wash everybody's feet. There are, there are some uh, religions and churches that 
that take this and say Jesus was laying down another ordinance, just like baptism and the Lord's table is an ordinance, foot washing should be. But that's not what Jesus was doing. No, Jesus was setting forward an example of humility and service. He was saying, hey, I'm trying to give you this example. And can I tell you right now that you and I, one of the great reasons that we should serve is we should remember that people are always watching us. People are always watching your spirit and what you're doing, but people are also watching your actions. And if we have that master mentality that says, I should be served rather than I should be serving, man, folks are going to watch that. I'm reminded of what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12 when he said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and in purity. He's writing to Timothy saying, Hey, listen, don't let people see a, a rotten testimony out of you, but instead be an example in word and in conversation, in charity, in spirit. Be an example of the believer. If you and I are going to be an example of the believer, we're going to be an example of Jesus Christ. Well, what was his example? Man, he served. And he said, I'm doing this so that you will see my example. So tonight, we just need to understand that people are following your example, because people are watching your example and my example. As I even speak this tonight, boy, I'm convicted in my own heart of times when I have that master mentality, maybe as the pastor or uh, maybe the the one who's over the staff of the church or maybe as a, a father or a husband within the home. Listen, it should never be beneath me to serve those around me. If I'm following Christ, I want to be that example, just like Jesus was. And that brings us to really this last thought I'm going to give you tonight and and bring this all together is just the challenge that we should serve like he served. We should serve like he served. I want you to notice, if you would, verse number 17. And this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time in verse number 17. It says this, if you know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. If you know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. All right, what things? Oh, well, washing people's feet. No. No, don't miss it. Don't miss the subject of what Jesus is is getting at and talking about tonight. These things and the them that he's referring to is that spirit of service. If you know these things, hey, if you know about serving and you humble yourself and serve, happy are ye. Are you ha- you're going to be happy. Now that word happy, it means to bring divine joy. It's the same root word that's used in Matthew chapter number 5 in the word blessed. Matthew 5, those of you that maybe can remember, uh, if not, you can look it up. Matthew 5, the Mount of Beatitudes and Jesus preaching. And the very first part that Jesus begins to preach is what we call the Beatitudes. And it's those first 12 to 16 verses where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he keeps using this word, blessed. What's he saying? Divine joy, true inner happiness belongs to those who do that. Well, John chapter 13 and verse number 17, Jesus uses the exact same word. That word happy right there is him saying, hey, divine joy and real happiness, true inner happiness comes when you are serving people. 
serving them with that right heart, serving with that heart of love in spite of your circumstances, in spite of your rank or their rank, even when other people don't serve, when someone might be opposing and you don't have uh, just the right way to serve. The, the scripture helps us understand, and Jesus says this, happy are ye if ye do them. You know what all of this is called? I remember a number of years ago being introduced to the phrase, and now it's kind of popular being used, but it is called servant leadership. Leading by serving. Let me tell you tonight that every single Christian should make the decision that I'm going to lead by serving. I'm not going to give excuses. I'm going to realize that The Lord wants me to love him and to show that love by serving others. One of the ways that we show the love of Jesus is by serving those around us. You know, there's some great ways that we should serve. I'm thinking right now, we all know this, that this quarantine time, it's not going to last forever. Now, you might, we might feel like it is at times. I know the other day, I was like, honey, I just got to do something. Like, I want to leave town and go go to eat somewhere. I just go to Tri-Cities and go to dinner and walk around a mall or something like that, Uh, but we can't. We might feel like this is never gonna end, but it is. The quarantine time, all this stuff, it'll pass. And when it does, you know what? I, I hope that we would have the mentality. I hope that we'd have the mentality of serving. I hope that we have the mentality of, of serving after this within our church. I'm thinking within the church, man, uh, after we get back, don't just come. Desire to get involved. I want to be an usher. I want to be a greeter. I want to do. I want to serve. We can serve within the church, but you know what? While we're looking, that's kind of down the road. What can we do right now? Can I tell you, you can serve within your home. I mentioned this. We've talked about service the last couple weeks on Sunday mornings, uh, and so there's kind of been a little bit of a a theme that we've had going through that, of course, uh, planning those messages out. But as we come to this one of being steadfast and serving, we could serve in the home. Can I tell you, don't just be dad and mom in the home. Serve your family. Find ways to be productive in the house. Dads, uh, get up and do the dishes every now and then. Kids, don't be told that you need to take out the trash and don't be told, hey, pick up your room. Don't have to be told to take care of things. No, just have the attitude, I live here too, I'm going to serve. Well, I I don't see anywhere in the Bible that talks about serving your family. That's the spirit of serving. The spirit of serving, I mean, there's a lot in the Bible about serving everyone, not just a mom or a dad or a son or a daughter, but everyone. But specifically in the home, every single one of us should have this desire of serving those around us. And uh, man, take each day and, and ask the Lord, God, help me to see how I could serve in my home today. Maybe you could serve in your workplace. Those of you that are still working right now, Can I encourage you, be known as the person that goes the extra mile. Jesus actually taught this, Luke chapter 6 and verse, uh, um, I don't remember the verse, but Luke chapter 6, he said it, and then uh, Matthew, I don't remember the the chapter, but you can go, and Jesus said, hey, if someone asks you to travel one mile, then travel two with them. Talking about the Roman soldiers, the Romans could walk up to a Jewish person at a time and say, hey, carry my bag one mile, and they were obligated under the law to carry it one mile. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you, don't just go one, go the second mile. And that, that should be you and I, our, identif- our, our identity at, at the workplace. And that guy, he's, he's a second mile guy. 
He's one that does above and beyond. I don't ever have to go in and make sure he's gotten things done. And maybe the boss would say, he's the set. He, he, he just does extra. Man, let's be known as that. Let's be known as the men and women and teenagers that we, we go that extra mile. And yes, someone might take advantage of your service and, that, and let you do their job, but that's okay. If it's done with the right heart and you're doing it out of a heart of love and not a heart of, of showiness, then you know what? God will bless that. Why? Because I'm having the mentality of Christ. I'm serving people around me. We can serve in the workplace. I'm thinking about you, those of you couples out there that are, that are, are married. Man, you can serve your spouse. Look to, look to serve your spouse in small ways. Guys, you can serve by opening the door. Bring chivalry back. Well, don't you know what day and age we live in and, and women want their independence? That, that's great. Hannah, my wife, she's, she can be very independent. But you know what? I can still serve her by opening the door. Why? Because she can still have her independence with me opening the door. It's me showing that chivalry. Ladies, don't see serving your husband as a drudgery. Don't see cooking as a, as a drudgery. See it as a service. Man, I'm serving. Why? Because, I, because Jesus served. I want to let this mind be in me, which is also in Christ Jesus. Again, kids with serving with parents. And, and then I would encourage you with maybe serving friends. Sometimes we don't look for ways to serve the, those around us, but... Again, you could serve somebody by helping them complete a task. And maybe it's one of your friends that doing a, doing a project around the house and you get wind of it. Maybe you can go over and just, just serve, just help them out. Why? I'm not looking for any, not- any notoriety, not looking for a paycheck. I'm just doing it because I just want to serve, just want to be a good friend, want to be like Jesus was, serving people around us. I'm thinking right now, uh, even serving strangers and finding ways to serve those around us. And we know about all this social distancing and keeping our, our distance from people and all of that. But even in the midst of this, there are ways that you and I can serve people around us. And I just want to encourage you to find ways to serve people. Why? Because that's the example that Jesus gave us. He said, I want you to serve. You're going to find true happiness if you know these things and you do them. Philippians 2, 5 again, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was the mindset? It was the mindset of serving. Years ago, many of you might remember, some of you might remember this and some wouldn't, but 1971, uh, the eyes of millions of Americans from July 26th to uh, August 7th, the eyes of millions were on the Apollo 15 moon mission. And if you watched that, or you've read about it, you might have remembered that the astronauts, David Scott and uh, James Irwin, they landed on the moon and then they spent eight of their um, 66 hours outside walking around on the moon. They covered 17 miles of the surface and what, what has been since dubbed the moon buggy. And they traveled all around. But the story is told that upon returning to earth, James Irwin, who was a believer and a follower of Jesus, He said this, he said, as I was returning, I realized that I am not a celebrity, but a servant. So I am here as God's servant on planet earth to share what I have experienced that others may know the glory of God. I'm going to read that again. As I was returning, I realized that I am not a celebrity, but a servant. 
So I am here as God's servant on planet earth to share what I have experienced that others may know the glory of God. We've already seen the verse a few times recently, Matthew 5, 16. It says to let your, shine, your, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight, I want to ask you and encourage you with the question, will you be steadfast in serving? Will you have the mindset, Lord, you serve out of a heart of love, in spite of your circumstances, in spite of your rank and the rank of, rank of others, even in opposition, and when no one else did, you chose to serve. Lord, help me. Help me to be steadfast in my service. Help me to be steadfast serving in the home, at the workplace. Help me to be steadfast serving maybe a stranger. Help me to be steadfast serving people around me. But then tonight I would say that you might be out there and you couldn't serve like Christ because you don't know Christ. And so I want to ask you, do you know Christ as your Savior? Do you know if you died today that you'd go to heaven? If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I would encourage you to make the decision tonight. He loves you, and he gave his life to die on a cross for you so that you could spend eternity with him. All you have to do is put your faith and your trust in him. It's simply believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. And the Bible says that all you and I have to do is to put our faith and trust completely in him and him alone. And maybe you're out there tonight watching and you've never received Christ as your Savior. I would encourage you tonight to make that decision. Lord, I know I've sinned and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and to be my Savior, putting my faith and trust in you. Maybe you're out there and you need to make that decision tonight. I would encourage you to make that decision. But if you do know Christ tonight, if you have received him as your Savior, will you tonight ask the Lord to help you this week to be steadfast serving? As I think about Jesus going to the cross, he was going there to serve us. He was going there because he loved us in spite of who we were, in spite of who he was, and all those truths we just looked at, even in opposition, and yet we find Jesus going to the cross to bear our sin to die in our place. I hope that we'd make the decision tonight that we are going to be steadfast in service, serving just like Jesus. I'm going to close in a word of prayer, and then Brian's going to come, and just going to uh, to play just a word of inv- or a, a chorus of invitation. And I want to encourage you, if God's spoken to you tonight, take time and respond to him. Father, we thank you. Thank you for serving Thank you for going to the cross and serving us. Thank you, Lord, for how you served so many places in Scripture. Lord, you served the the demon-possessed, and you served the poor, and you served the rich and the blind and the lame. You served these uh, who many would see as just ignorant fishermen, and yet you served them. And you did all of that, showing us an example of Christ-like service. And so, God, I pray tonight that you'd help us to have that mindset this week, the mindset of a servant, that I am not above people, they are not beneath me, but Lord, I can choose to have your mind, which is the mind of a servant. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.